This is the Oracle Podcast with Ben Moa. Welcome back to another episode. This is part two of three of the Oracle in Belize. It's a very raw episode and we're so proud of our Fraser Valley Adventist Academy students for their vulnerability. Get ready to reflect on your fears. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back to Faith FM. Uh, This is your Fraser Valley group and I'm Pastor Ben and uh, we're just really excited to be on the show once again. Uh, Thank you to the Faith FM owners and the organizers for giving us another opportunity just to share online with uh, everyone who's listening. Uh, we've had a great time in Belize so far. We've uh, been building, uh, running VBS, and uh, just interacting with the children, the community in Belize, and so it's been such a blessed experience. But tonight we want to talk about something different. Last time we talked about a relationship with God, who God is, uh, devotional time with God, being intentional with Him. Um, but we want to talk about something different today, a different aspect that comes with having a relationship with God. Um, we know um, God is something that we are driven by faith to believe in. Faith is a key, key aspect in having a relationship with God. Faith is a key aspect in knowing who God is because um, the reality is, even though some may be able to, um, we cannot see him. Uh, because we can't see him, uh, we need faith. Uh, but the opposite of faith is something that we all experience, that everyone experiences consistently, is this thing called fear. And uh, fear comes in many, many different forms, and it just kills us. It just uh, keeps us from doing things we know we're supposed to do, keeps us from trying new things, keeps us from trusting, uh, keeps us from uh, being ourselves sometimes. And it comes in many different forms. I know, um, as all my kids know, I have a really big fear of singing. Um, I have a really big, single, big, big fear of singing up front um, because uh, when I was young, uh, I just always had the worst singing experiences. Uh, I'll never forget the first time uh, I ever messed up singing was when I must have been in grade five or six, and I was in the children's choir, and uh, I had a, a solo, I guess, and they passed me the mic, and I pulled a blank, and that ruined it for me. And since then, I've been cursed, and now I'm a grown man, and I'm still cursed with this singing thing. And it follows me. Um, and it prevents me from wanting to sing up front or uh, wanting to uh, encourage singing groups or other things. And it's a constant thing that comes back. Um, but again, it, fear does this thing of just crippling you and keeping you in one place. Uh, but God doesn't want us to live in fear. He doesn't want us to be afraid. He doesn't want us to feel constrained uh, from things that aren't actually supposed to hold us back at all. So today, uh, people of our group are going to just share what fears they experience, and we're just going to bounce off each other and just talk about these fears that they experience, and I know uh, many people will be experiencing too. So uh, do we have someone in the room who wants to start? What is your fear? How have you experienced this specific fear? What does it mean to you? And uh, we'll just go off that. There's no uh, fear too big or too small, so... Okay, so for me, I have, I feel like I have many fears, but one of my main fears is like afraid of like letting people down or like not being able to rise to my expectations that they, the people want for me. Um. 
Okay, how have you experienced that though? What does that look like? Like, what do you? With my grades, my parents are really want me to get like really high grades, and I feel like that's like a big struggle for me, especially in some courses. They're extra hard for me, so it's like I want to do good, but I don't know if I'm capable of it. I really have to just study harder, I guess. But. And uh, for me, uh, this mostly mainly applies to um, sports, because like after a tough loss, I always think to myself and reflect on what I could have done better, or. Um, to like get us to win. So doing my best ability to what I can do. Um, for me, this fear comes in when um, uh, I like to draw. So a lot of people ask me to draw some things sometimes. And I always feel like I'm not going to meet their expectations, which is why a lot of times people ask me to draw stuff and I just don't do it. <laughs> well, let's, let's pause there on those three fears because they're all kind of tied. Um, and uh, it's this concept of being f- like scared of how people are going to react and respond to you. Um, why is that such a pressure, though? Like, what about it is what keeps us at bay? And this can come from anyone. What about, like, having to let people down is so scary? Um, for me, it's uh, trying to keep a reputation mostly. So when somebody compliments me on my drawings or whatever, you know, it makes me feel kind of awkward because, like, Maybe I'm drawing something and they're like, oh, that looks really good. And then I finish the drawing and then, like, I'm scared that five minutes later they'll come look at the finished drawing and be like, oh, what happened? You know, and, like, it kind of taints my reputation, but also it taints, like, you know, it's like, I don't know what happened. I couldn't do anything about it. And I'm scared that I'm losing control of, like, my skills because of what other people say. I feel like I just don't want to let myself down. I don't want to let, like, other people down that are putting trust in me. Okay, anyone else want to add to that? Like, why? I think we've all experienced letting people down. Why is that a scary thing for you? You can say this, something very similar, but uh, why is it hard to let people down? I think because, you know, you're putting yourself out there, you know, and, and the, when you don't meet their expectations, you know, it's embarrassing, right? And then you get this reputation of this person who's not, not good at this thing, you know, and you just don't want that on you, right? Um, yeah, that's what I think. Okay, is there any other fears? Okay, what's another fear that um, you might experience? Uh, for me, a fear I've struggled with, but I'm kind of improving on, is the fear of opening up to people. Like, um, I'm more of a reserved person who doesn't really want to share her emotions, and, you know, like, her personal issues. But I think it's really important for each person and their mental health just to, like, let others know what they're feeling. One of my biggest fears is uh, swimming in deep water. And I agree with Pastor Ben about how he said that it takes away takes away experiences with your family. And when I went to the Philippines, my whole family went snorkeling in deep water, and I was just too afraid to get out of the boat. And I agree that it just takes away experiences with your family. Um, mine, my fear, I think, would have to be I guess sometimes liking myself, liking myself, because um, I guess if, like, for me personally, I always compare myself to other people, so, like, if there's someone who's a better drawer than me or a better, uh, smarter than me, I always, like, I always think to myself, why am I not like that? So, like, sometimes it just makes me scared to be myself, because, yeah, I might not, I might not live to 
what I think people want me to be. That's what I'm scared of. I have a fear of speaking in front of a bunch of people, like public speaking. Even like my class, when I, you know, we have to present a project, I just, yeah, I get up there, my hands start shaking, and then my mind goes blank, and, um, and then it's downhill from there, you know, I just stutter, and just, I don't know why, just, you know, they're my, they're my friends, but it's just very terrifying for me to have all that tension towards me. Another fear I have, I feel like is just like afraid of being judged because sometimes it's really hard to put yourself out there and it's like you really want to put yourself out there but you're like what are they going to think of me so like that's like another big thing yeah i think that connects a lot with what jamel said because like uh, for me i don't know what other people think but for me you know i try a lot to look like i'm confident and i don't know if i'm keeping that reputation or not but you know that's kind of what i want to give off and with being confident a lot of it comes with not you know sharing your feelings or you know, crying in front of people or getting too angry in front of people and stuff like this and always being comfortable with yourself. But in trying to make myself look comfortable with myself, I've, you know, a lot of times I've grown uncomfortable with myself. Um, on that topic, actually, uh, we have a comment that came in and it says, uh, my fear is when you let someone down, uh, like we were saying earlier, and uh, you lose their trust and it makes me feel like a failure. Uh, we know failure is a heavy, heavy fear. Um, failing to... Um, reach people's standards so that they judge you, uh, failing uh, to be yourself. Um, but there's a concept of failure that we are constantly striving to avoid because we want to be perfect. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like how do we live on this life with this fear of failure, um, striving to be perfect? Like, is it even possible to be perfect? What does perfection look like? What do you guys think? Jesus. I personally think as humans, uh, perfection means like no flaws. That's what I think. And like living up to people's, w living up to what, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, for me, with living up to expectations, uh, a lot of th times I try to think that um, if somebody really loves you and really knows you, um, the people you want to keep around, right? Um, if you really want to keep that person around, then it should be somebody that loves you back or that as much as you love them. So big thing is like if you make a mistake, it doesn't matter. Like if you fail at something, your parents will always love you and true friends will always love you anyway. I think perfection is when you make something or you, yeah, like have a project, whatever, and you look at it and it's like, be, you're like really proud of it, and just like, yeah, I did good. I think if you think that's good, then that's perfection to you, yourself. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that perfection isn't necessarily having zero flaws. I think that it's actually being confident in what you do and actually being happy with your, like, with what you've been doing or with yourself. And if you're happy with it and you're not hurting any other people in the process, then that's a way of perfection I think in today's society um, it tells us that we need to be perfect to fit in and that's where a lot of fears have developed because we all know we're not perfect no one is perfect because we're human and we're sinful and so I think that's where a lot of fears are developed but we need to know that we don't need to be perfect because with Jesus he'll wash our sins white as snow and he will make us perfect and we are perfect in his eyes already I think I was just going to say exactly like what Jacqueline just said. We're perf perfect through Christ. We, on, we in ourselves 
are created sinful. There's nothing good about us. There's nothing good that we can do. There's nothing perfect about us. And I think God understands that. And his expectation is not necessarily for us to be perfect, but for us to try and attempt to press on to, be, to being perfect. And that process, he's going to help us. And I think perfection can only come through believing in Christ. But otherwise, we ourselves cannot attain perfection. And no matter what field we do, whether it's school, anything, people may give you that satisfactory, you know, perfection grade or whatever. But I don't know. As humans, we, we're flawed. That's how I see it. And unless Christ is in us, I think perfection is not something we can attain. Okay, so then I have a question. Um, how can you uh, strive to be good without striving to be perfect? Like, um, when you are running track, right, like the most, uh, the person who wins is the person who's the fastest, right? Um, that means they're the most perfect of everyone, right? You don't train to be kind of average. Um, you don't study to get like an average mark. You want perfect on your test, right? So is there a problem with that, having perfect scores? Yeah, I think... I just, um, like I said, how, you know, it's good to press and put, uh, we all want to be perfect. We want we want to be a, a person that attains the best grades, person that finishes first in, in the sports that we're participating in. But I think we have to understand that even if we don't, you know, we still have to remember that, you know, God still loves us. If that's like our mindset, I think we'll be okay. But uh, like you said, I think everyone strives to be perfect. That's what we're taught to do, and that's what even the Bible tells you to, you know, to push, you know, press on towards that goal, you know. And uh, but is it possible to to become perfect in everything? I don't know about that. Um, yeah, I agree with that because I think uh, achieving perfection, you know, even if you get one hundred percent on a test, like if you you know lost so much sleep that your health went bad or stuff like this, it's still really not a perfect score especially for your health and for other things. It's not just the score on the test that factors perfection. So for me, I think perfection is not what the test score comes out to be, but whether you actually tried or not. Like if you didn't try your best, then you know obviously you could have done better. So that's not a perfect try. Like if you tried really hard and you still got a C or a D or whatever, I think you know as long as you put your full effort into it and you were willing to give that time, I think that would be a good definition for perfection. So we got a text in from someone, and it says, I think that no human being can really be perfect. The true definition of perfection is completing a task to best of your ability. When it comes to enduring to the end by following the teaching of our Savior to the best of our abilities. Anyone else? What is your take on perfection? Um, because uh, I think we live in a, perfection-fueled society, no matter what. Um, that's why Instagram is so popular, right? Like, you're able to produce a photo that looks perfect to everyone's eyes, right? And like, people talk about that all the time, but as cliche as it is, it's the, uh, reality. Um, we do things so that we can look perfect even for a moment, right? We don't take a picture and we're like, oh, we don't choose a bad picture unless you're just trying to be funny or something. No one ever wants to post a picture that looks bad. No one ever wants to do something that's going to look bad. You want to seek perfection in the eyes of people. Um, what can you do then practically to overcome that feeling? 
Uh, I think a lot of times for perfection, it's not uh, trying to be perfect. I think it's after you make a mistake. Because even if you try to be perfect, you're bound to make a mistake. And I think it's knowing that after you make a mistake, it's not really going to matter. Like, I saw a video um, where a guy said, you know, is do you have a problem in your life? Yes. Is there something you could do about it? No. Then why do you worry? And if there is something you could do about it, then why do you worry? Because you could do something about it. So I think a big thing is, like, uh, just remembering that in the future, in five years, you know, if it's a bad picture, you know, it's not really going to matter. And the people that really love you are still going to love you. Um, how do you overcome? Like, what are practical steps? Uh, what are practical ways? Just repeating the question that you can overcome uh, this uh, temptation to try and be perfect. What can you actually do? I feel like first you have to just realize that you can't be perfect. You have to like get that mindset. You have to know that there's no way that you can be perfect. You have to learn to like love yourself for who you are, and you have to like learn to have confidence in yourself that this is who I am. I'm never I'm never going to be perfect, but I can be the best that I can be. Um, for me, the steps that I take, um, because it's such a habit for myself to be down or be hard on myself when I don't get things right, or you know, constantly tell myself, oh, why did you do that? Why did you mess up? So then you have to change your habit, and when that voice comes on inside your head, just quickly shut it out and be like, you know what? You know, you did your best. Good job. Good job. And you just have to like overpower that voice in your head. And it will take a while, but once, but once you start doing that again and again, that voice will become a habit. And that's how, you know, like a way to get over perfection for me. Okay, on that note, uh, we'll take a quick break. Uh, stay tuned for Faith FM. Welcome back to Faith FM with Fraser Valley. Um, we are discussing the topic of fears, things that hold us back, uh, things that get in the way of our life, and things that God doesn't want to let us uh, be consumed by. Uh, so we'll continue on. If anyone has any fears that they'd like to discuss or that they've experienced that we can kind of bounce back on. Okay, so um, for me, um, I used to have a lot, a lot of fears, but I have overcome most of them in my life. But there is one that I haven't been able to shake, shake off yet, and that is the fear of death. And it, it comes up on me at all times of the day. Like, for example, last night I had a really bad nightmare where I woke up and... I was like, it felt so real. Everyone around me, I was like, I was in a morgue and I was terrified and I wanted to scream and run, but I couldn't, but I was awake, but I couldn't move. Um, and just this fear of death and hurting the people I love if I ever die um, just terrifies me and I just don't know how to get over it. Yeah, mine's pretty similar to that. Um, my fear is the fear of my relatives or people dying. Um, the reason is because I think that if things that happened before they died, like we got into a fight or something, I wouldn't be able to like ask for forgiveness from that. So like we need to both be right with each other before they pass away so that I don't have to live my life in this regret. Yeah, mine is almost the same as Megan's. It's the, it's not just the fact of my, like a family member or relative dying. It's the fact of not leaving our relationship as good as it could have been when they die. Um, I've had personal experiences in the past where I just didn't have the greatest like last encounter with the person before uh, a relative that's passed away and what constantly will like go through my mind is like as soon as like someone like is about or like coming close to like a scary point in their time I just immediately think I've never 
been almost good enough to them. I haven't um, been as like good as I could say a sister to them or as good as a friend as I could have been. And that was something that I kind of went through today actually, um, how my brother ended up having to go to the hospital. And as immediately when I thought that, I immediately thought of everything I've done wrong to him and how I just let him down in ways. And I don't know, that just really took a toll on me personally. And that's kind of my fear is to let people down and not have a good, you know, end off with them. Yeah, I have a, I have a story to share on that uh, topic of fear, fear of death. Um, don't judge me, but I was young. I was uh, about seven years old. Um, for those who don't know, I'm from Ethiopia. I, I grew up there and I was born there. And back home, they don't really have um, people that they consider to have mental health issues. It's more so if, if you're a person that talks to yourself, they, they consider you're a madman. Um, and I, I remember I was a kid going into town once and I, I saw this man talking to himself. He's like talking about death and like how afraid of it he is. And he's an older man. I said, you know, what is wrong with this guy? And like, I, I, I made a joke with my friend about it, went home. And, um, and like a couple of years later, I was sleeping and I felt like I was going to die that night for some reason. And I was like afraid to sleep. Um, I had to go and like sleep with my parents. And I was like a grown child, like nine years old. My dad was like, just pray about it and go to sleep. But um, since then, honestly, I've had this feeling like, you know, sometimes where I feel like, I may go to sleep and not wake up just because of that. And it always goes back to that moment when I, where I made fun of that, that gentleman. And um, yeah, that's something I'm still working on. And honestly, God is working on, on me getting over the, the fear that, you know, even if I die, there's a second coming and that, you know, Christ is still able to save me and it's not the final for me. So uh, I'm trying to find that peace, but it's, it's always kind of something that I have in the back of my head. Uh, I have a similar fear. Well, like, so a lot of my friends aren't Christian. And I always think, like, if they pass away, like, there's nothing I can do about it. And sorry, um, I had a classmate pass away earlier this year. And I didn't know if he was Christian or not. So I won't know if I'll ever see him again. I just like, you know, it's just kind of scary to think about. But yeah. Okay, on that topic, because I know what that feels like. Um, actually, I know what that feels like. And um, death is a very, uh, very scary thing. It's very, very unnatural as well. Um, when you think back and we think about uh, the Garden of Eden, it was never in the plan of humanity for humans to have to pass away to experience this. Like, God didn't want anyone to die. Uh, but when we sinned, that's when that concept came into the world, right? Um, I think um, because no one other than uh, that we read about that we can actually try to relate to, um, we don't personally know anyone who's passed away and come back and is still walking around, like sitting with us, right? Like we don't, no, I don't think anyone really does. And so in that concept, there's an ambig ambiguity to, to death. There's something we can't under, really understand about it. And it's kind of scary. But I think... Um, we have to hold on to this, this faith and uh, this concept that we are presented through the Bible. 
about how when Jesus died, he, con he conquered that concept of death. He conquered that concept that when people die, it's done. Him dying on the cross gave us that hope that we can believe in that when someone passes away, we can't see them again. And it doesn't matter if they're Seventh-day Adventists, even if they're Christian, it's about God's love reaching them. And God knows every one of his children. And, he, and so we can have that hope. And it's our prayers of, the, of that and God's interaction in that person's life that, what, that can give us a hope that we'll see them again. Is there any other fears that anyone has experienced so that you can share? So um, this year I've developed a fear of growing up. Um, so I'm only, I'm only 15 and I'm in grade 10, but uh, this year we've been talking a lot about like what career you're going to go into and um, what university or stuff like that. And also my brother is graduating this year and he's going off to college. And um, just like thinking about how fast everything is going, it just like makes me want to stay where I am right now in high school with my friends with the people I've known for like 10 years. And um, I don't know, I can't let go of that yet. Yeah, I kind of share that fear. Um, thinking about the future uh, mainly makes me very anxious. I don't know the fact that not knowing what's gonna happen. And also I've gone to uh, Fraser Valley since kindergarten. And the thought of like graduating, cause I'm in grade 11, I'm gonna graduate next year. The thought of leaving and not seeing the same people every day that I would normally see every day. And going to a completely new environment actually is very like scary for me. And yeah, something that I try to get over. I feel like I've gotten a grip on it now. I won't burst into tears like I have one time in class about when talking about it, but you know, it's better now, but still kind of in the back of my head. I think, um I'm in grade 12 and I'm graduating with a lot of my classmates in three and a half months. And it's kind of crazy to think that I've been with these people, some of them for 13 years. And it's crazy to imagine like, you know, us going our own ways. But, and I'm kind of afraid because I don't know what to expect. And I had to write an essay about it and I had to, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? You're not going to know where you're going to go and you're going to change your path many times. And that's okay because God will be with you every step of the way and you will see people again because with social media we're so connected and so I just I was afraid for that but I'm also like with God I know that you know he'll work it out some way I kind of have the similar fear to you to Tay and Jacqueline what they were saying about it's kind of like the fear of the unknown fear of the future of what's happening next but I feel like what's kind of helping me is just I have to just let God lead the way because if I don't put my life in God's hands I know that I'm just going to be stressing about every little thing and I don't want to live my life fearing what's going to happen next you have to just move forward and keep going because Satan wants to crash you down he wants you to fall he wants you to not push forward so I feel like it's really important to just let God into your life and lead the way. Uh, yeah, for me, I think with the fear of the unknown and growing up, I think a lot of that is rooted in the fear of change. And I think that, um, you know, Satan wants us to not want change. But, you know, if there was no change, we'd never go to heaven and we'd be on the sinful world forever. So I think a good thing for me to remember that I try to remind myself is um, if you really don't want to grow up and you really want to stay where you are, you know, you would have never gotten to this point without growing up. So I think, um, you know, every age that you go through and every part of life has its own memories and has its own fun to be lived so i think you should you know just live in the moment and prepare for the next uh 
Um, of one version of how like I'm kind of scared of change and growing up is how I haven't had a super traumatic experience in my life and I know that people will have a like, you know that that's a part of life it's going to happen one day I'm kind of scared to grow up because like I'm not like I don't want something bad to happen I don't know this kind of weird concept I don't yeah I'm just scared of like something really bad happening in the near future. I mean, I think, of course, in the future, it's a it's impossible to avoid tragedy. But it's good to know that you know you know people in your life that have faced such hardships, but they have all gone through it, and for the reason of they had God on their side. So, I think one of the things about change that gets me is uh, changes in relationship, like with people around you. So I remember. Um, when I was going through high school, I have a lot of one of my best, some of my best friends. And I played football with them, played rugby with them, had classes with them. We all lived in the same neighborhood, walked to school together, straight up for like seven years. We did that. Uh, we we uh, meet up and bike around, go to Shoppers Drug Mart, buy like sodas or whatever. We just do whatever we wanted. It was like for seven years straight. That was the life. And then um, university happened, and then we all went our separate ways. And like that was hard for me. Uh, it was a big change, and it was almost like, man, this whole system that I've had in my life, uh, these people I care about, these people I love, they're all gone different ways. And then even that, like, I, then I went to Berman University, and uh, I made great friends, great connections with people, um, lived in the, the same vicinity as them, uh, was able to just knock their door if I wanted to go visit them, um, could uh, meet with them just to eat or just to talk and laugh or whatever, and then... Uh, it graduation comes, and just like that, it changes again. You know, even back home when, in Ottawa, like when we were all living together, Glad and stuff like that. Like we're all used to live in one place, and then just like that, it changes. And uh, some of the hardest things is like when your relationships change with people. Uh, you don't maybe uh, are not able to see them, and you see them maybe making other friendships with other people. You know, you get kind of sad. You're like, oh, man, like, do they still value me the same way as they value this, like, new person they're posting pics with or, you know, making jokes with? Um, you see them still moving on in life, and life doesn't stop for them, you know? And life doesn't stop for you. Uh, does anyone ever relate with that feeling? Like, how do you even get through that? Like, how do you experience that? Um, ever since I was young, I grew up with my cousins, um, and I was best friends with my cousin Danielle. And we'd always do everything together. We lived with each other until we were like five, six. And even up to high school, until she graduated, we were always best of friends. Even though she had her friend group, we were best of friends all the time. Um, but when she left for university, it was kind of hard for me. And I guess it was a fear of mine that like, I might lose my best friend. And like, <coughs> she might find better people than me because like, she would always be friends with me because I was always with her and because I was her cousin. So. Um, yeah, it was a fear of mine. Like, I'd see pictures of her and her friends, and then we wouldn't FaceTime for some time. So, yeah, but I still know her cousin, so. Um, I don't think you have to be afraid of that, because I've seen, I seen the bond you have, and that's, that's never going to break, Jamal. Yeah, I have a similar fear. Um, I'm really close with both my parents and my sister, especially my sister. And, um, you know, my parents always tell me that, you know, when when they die or when they pass away and, you know, me and my sister, it's just going to be us two and we should always look out for each other. So 
for me, you know, I'm going off to college this year, and I'm, you know, a big fear that I have is that uh, we're not gonna, you know, stay close together. We're gonna grow apart. But I think that a big thing to, for me to remember is that, you know, we do have blood relation, and you know, it's hard to throw away, you know, 15, 16 years of you know knowing her and being with her just because uh, she wants to go off and make new friends. So I think I should know that, you know, you should know that if people really cherish you and you really had a good bond with them. And if it's a relationship that God wants you to keep and that's worth worth keeping for you, you know, it won't end like that. Um, so for like the parents thing, um, I'm afraid to go off to university and leave my parents alone because then they'll just be by themselves. Because last summer I got a job working at summer camp and so I left for two months. But then when I went away, my dad got hurt and he went on disability and he couldn't take care of himself. And then my mom also went into emergency surgery. And then so I had to quickly come back from camp to help take care of them. And I'm just afraid if I go to university and I won't be near enough to come help and take care of them. And I'm just afraid to leave them alone. So for me, um, I've only been with my class for about this is like the third year because it's grade 12 I suppose but um like I feel that we over the years have got, or I have gotten closer with my classmates and uh just like now that we're graduating and everything like that that maybe um you know we're probably like and a lot of us are probably going to different colleges and universities and stuff like that but like you know I just feel like um we may draw apart and then like you know all of the connections we had together maybe just like gone like that, you know? So, yeah. Um, to go off of what, uh, what's her, Jacqueline said, it's like, um, my parents too, I'm, I'm an only child, right? So like, uh, I, I keep telling them that I want to leave like their house. I, I want to leave, like, I want to live my own, in my own house. And like, I want to leave the country, but at the same time, I want, I want to leave the country. I want to leave the country, but like at the same time I don't cause I'm also scared. Because, like, I'm an only child, and if they get hurt or if they, I don't know, if something really bad happens to them, I won't be able to be there as fast as I could. Like, it might take, like, a week or maybe, like, a month. So that's what I'm afraid of. Kind of going off of what Boss said earlier, I'm also a little bit afraid of someone that I love so dearly dying. I'm really close with my parents and my sister, and I'm, like, I tell them a lot, and they really help me through everything, and it's, like, I'm only in grade 11 and I've been going for I've been going to Fraser for a long time too but it's also like if something were I'm gonna I'm growing up and it's it's like if something were to happen to my parents what would I do I'd have to be there for my sister I'd have to be strong but it's like would I be able to do that and that's something that's kind of stressful for me I'm like Going off what Jada was saying, how like she's like the fear of like I guess being like the older role model and like doing things for her younger sister. That's kind of like what I fear about. Um, my older brother, he kind of stepped out of my life for a little bit. When he was 15, he left my house, and so I was like the older one, and I had a younger sibling that I had to like take care of and like be a role model, and that was like kind of hard for me in a way because um he was my role model. And my parents really like depended a lot on me to like take care of my little brother, and it was kind of hard because um, I wanted to be like the best I could be, and it is hard for me sometimes to like step up and like they sometimes I know they don't mean to, but they compare me to him and they say, you know, you don't want to turn out like him and you want to succeed in life, and sometimes it does hurt me because I feel like that I'm gonna end up like him. 
Okay, on that note, we're just going to take a break. Uh, please stay tuned to Faith FM. I think I was just going to say that um, I, I'm i not a part of this group, but it's, it's nice to see you guys being vulnerable, and I can see the love in between everyone here. And um, being an outsider, it's, it's really nice to see that you know, you guys are exposing your fears and being open about it. Um, and I just want to encourage you guys that, you know, change sometimes can can bring sadness, but it can also be positive in a way. Because um, I truly believe God works out things for those who love him. You know, eventually it's going to turn into good. Um, the one story that comes to mind is Job's story. I don't know if um, you remember, but, you know, he went through so much hardship God allowed him to go through all of that and then eventually, you know, blessed him way more than he what he had initially, right? And um, although you guys are going through these unknown things that are kind of a f- um, making you fearful of what's to come, even though there may be some tragedies, there may be some downs, I just want you to remember that, you know, there's going to be a time where you're going to have your moments where you're happy and, um, you know, more friends are going to be in your lives. And so um, I just want to encourage you guys to know that there's not, it's not just a gloomy you know, future, but it's also bright. Because knowing that you're with God um, just encourages you that you know, the future is in his hands and he knows what's best for you. So it's going to turn out in a way that's positive. Um, and I just want to give you guys that encouragement. All right, so um, now that we've shared a lot of our fears, and again, as Gladys said, I'm so grateful uh, for my kids and for uh, this group who uh, have been vulnerable. And I know that people, whoever are listening, wherever you are, um, you can relate to the fears that have been discussed. But right now we just want to give uh, our perspective on how to get through uh, fears. Um, uh, none of these methods are perfect, but uh, they have seen, shown some sort of progress for us. So uh, anyone who would like to start, how do you get through a fear when you've encountered it? Um, I think... It's good to establish a close circle of friends and family around you to support you. Um, because, it's like, say if you go through a tragedy, obviously, obviously you need God, but you do need people on earth who will be there for you, too. Like, um, for PAA, they recently lost their classmate, Colby. And I know, I know some of the people that, you know, that were friends with him. And I knew I saw them. They all came united as one and they helped each other get through such a hard time that happened to them so um so again i have a fear of public speaking and i'm still trying to get over it i'm not quite there yet but uh what i've been trying to do is like take any opportunity to you know lead out in something or just to talk um just so you know hopefully eventually that you know the nerves go away and like pastor ben he makes the the senior class each Monday there's a the elementary chapel and so he makes the the class um, two people to go down and lead out in the chapel and then it was my turn I was up with a friend but then she didn't come so then it was just me I was like okay so so uh, I wrote this thing out and I so I I just went and I did it and it was really bad you know I was shaky I was it was horrible but hopefully it'll get better so just I think my advice is to just uh, confront it and hopefully you'll overcome it and it'll be easy after 
Um, I agree with Jacqueline. What she said is like being able to like surround yourself with like family members and like friends and people who love you will give you that encouragement to help you like overcome those fears and overcome with what you deal with, and also be able to be able to like talk about the things you've like been through. Like personally, when I was uh, when I was little, I went through sexual abuse, and it was really really hard for me for a little while, and I was very terrified of like every little thing that like would happen to me or like if someone would like touch my shoulder, I would like get all jumpy and everything. And for a while, I was scared of everything and when I started talking about it to like my parents and even like my best friend it literally helped me re a lot to overcome that fear of being afraid of like every little thing that happened to me and also letting God into my life and letting him take care of like my worries and my problems um, for the fear of death I think uh, you should love the people that you have you know, because um, you never know when they're going to go. So that when when they do go at some point, you know, you have no regrets. I think you should, you know, love love to your best. You know, if you love to your best, then that's as perfect as it gets, right? That's as perfect as it gets. So I think you should love everyone. You know, even the your enemies, you know, it says to love your enemies. So love everyone to your best. With me, what really helps with getting over my fears is really talking through it to someone that really cares about me, like my family members. Really just taking an hour, like it doesn't matter how long it takes, just talking through it and really address the situation. And then the, ne the second step is to just go to God with it. Take all your fears to God. That's what I usually do is just like ask God, just come into my life, help me get over this. And sometimes praying one time doesn't work. You have to like be consistent with it. And I find that I'll pray sometimes and I'll feel like it, it's not working. So I feel like with me, just praying consistently and every day even just asking God to come into your life to help you with your fear will give you hope to overcome it, that you can overcome it. Um, I think it's also really important to memorize the scripture because... Um, just the different trials and fears that you go through um, and you just have different scriptures that pop into your mind like for me um, I've been really depending on this verse throughout the days um, recently to help me get through them and to help me with my fear um, and it's Jeremiah 29 verse 11 for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future and every time I'm thinking about graduation I'm thinking about the fear of the unknown I always recall this verse and I feel comforted because um, of the words God put in the Bible because they're true and so I believe that they're true and it, it gives me comfort to have Bible verses memorized yeah I think uh, scripture and prayer is a very powerful thing for me personally when I pray about like you know when I try to fix something on my own or I ask others and you know it's humanely impossible I you know I always have relief praying about it because if we really do believe in God and we really know that he does hear everything, you know, you pray about it once and God heard you and God knows best. So whatever happens, you know, God knows best about it. So you, there's nothing to worry about because he did hear you and he will deal with it. Um, I agree with what uh, some of the people said about having, you know, your friends or your family with you. Um, personally, for me, I have um, a friend who is always there for me. Um, and every time I talk, no, every time something, I always up open up to this person, and um, they always, they're always with me, and um, even through the darkest times and through my biggest fears, of of course God's there. I pray to Him too, but like Jacqueline or I think Jada said, um, having that um, friend here on Earth who you can actually talk to and like, they respond like in an instant. They um, it's very helpful. 
Yeah, I think that human relationships are super important. Just being the ability to be able to talk to someone and really reach out to, like, with your problems with them and stuff is so important in life. Yeah, um, to end, I guess, with that topic, uh, just know that God works through people, so be vulnerable to other people because, you know, God does work through other people and other people will help you. And God, you know, he's not going to just give you a random sign in the sand, like we said yesterday. You know, he works through people. He works through earth and everything. So, you know, be vulnerable to other people because you never know. Maybe maybe they're angels. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna close now. Um, just want to give, say a big thank you to all my kids who are out here who shared your story and shared your fears. Uh, I want you guys to also know that I'm here for you guys and all those things. Um, I can't let you guys know, express how um, blessed I am just to even be part of your lives since I've come to Fraser. And uh, again, fears are something that we have to encounter. I think something for me, I'll share my perspective. Uh, to overcome fear is a hard thing. Um, but I think a way to... to to encounter fear is to ha- be mission-oriented, uh, to have a goal in mind, um, to be pushing towards something, to be striving towards something. And that takes time. That requires you to identify whatever that thing is that you're pushing for, and I think that's when God can move you forward. Uh, when you know what you're striving for, uh, that fear may come up and you might be able to overcome it when you know where you're going. Uh, I remember um, when I was like five years old, uh, my father uh, packed up because his mom passed away. His mom passed away, and so he packed up and he went to Ghana. And uh, he went to Ghana, West Africa, to bury his mom. And then after that, he let us know he's not coming back. He's going to stay in Ghana. And I was five years old. My brother would have been uh, 12 by then. And uh, from that moment on, it was me and my, bro- my brother and my mom living together consistently. He'd come visit every now and then, and that uh, really affected me. Um, I was really disturbed by that because I no longer had my father part of my upbringing. But at that moment, and it was weird, and I think back to it, but I remember my goal was, Lord, I want to become a man. I don't know how to, but this is my goal. And I was scared of being lonely because my father left. I was scared of uh, being, I'm like, I don't know how to grow up to be a man. Like I don't have someone to go shoot hoops with or to pass around a ball with or to do all these things that I see my friends with their dads do. Uh, but my goal was still to be a man. So despite my fear, I was able, always able to go through it. Um, and then also that dro- drove a goal in me to be able to mentor younger kids because I didn't necessarily have that in my home. And I always strive to it. So whenever things happen and whenever I was ch- making my choice even for my future, I was like, Lord, I want to be able to do something that I can still mentor kids because that was always my goal. When I was scared about what was going to happen by taking this job, when I was scared of what was going to happen for me to move to BC, I'm like, Lord, I'm scared, but my goal is still to do this. And I want everyone to know who's listening, everyone in this room as well, is that this, this feeling of fear that brings us pain is not something we alone have, have uh, felt before. That Jesus experienced this as well. And that's the amazing thing about Jesus, that we can relate to him in his suffering. Uh, When he was in Gethsemane, he was there praying because he was scared of dying. He was scared of not knowing what would happen. He sat there, you know, so stressed that he was sweating blood. He was crying and and he asked God, you know, God, if it's your will, please remove this cup from me. Take it away from me because I can't do this. But then he, because of his mission, 
he said, Lord, your will, not mine. So in encouraging all of you guys, um, fear is something that's so painful. It's so crippling. And Jesus experienced that fear. But because of his mission-minded and his mission mindset, he was able to push through that fear so that we can always have hope and trust in him to get through any type of fear that comes our way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord God, um, life is very scary. There's lots of things that are terrifying and that make us lose sleep, um, that make us worry, uh, that make us lose hope. But God, uh, you came to this earth and you died so that we can have hope, so we can overcome any fear that comes to our mind. Uh, there's no fear that's too big or too small that you don't uh, cry with us, Lord God. But I pray that you give everyone who's listening, everyone in this room, a courage just to face that fear and trust in you. The same way you trusted uh, in, in the Father through the time of fear as well, Lord God. Help us to stay focused. Help us to trust the people around us. Help us to have people in our lives that will help us get through it. Help us to be mission-oriented, Lord God. Uh, help us to trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you all for listening to another episode and for pushing through the tears of our group. Remember that knowing your mission will help you overcome your fears. If you have any questions or suggestions, contact the Oracle on Facebook or Instagram. Stay blessed.